1: them junior. He hello everyone welcome back to road of his overtime on road of his radio brought to you by the ffpc and blue wire my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to i'm joined once again by sean siegel as we get ready for the nfl playoff sean uh of course uh, it's looking good at the moment for the for the chiefs and for the packers and you know, It's the dream scenario if we can end up getting those two number one uh, seeds to, to meet up in Tampa for the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens over the coming weeks and we'll give some of our thoughts on how we think uh, it might all shake out uh, on today's show as we talk about the, the playoffs and, and looking forward to seeing what happens coming up here but uh i was quite relieved to see the packers uh you know at, at the, the score in the end was a lot more comfortable than i felt in the third quarter when <laughs> when it was getting a little bit tighter and especially you know it would have been game set and match if mbs comes down with that uh first pass of the the second half but um you know all things worked out in the end and um, you know the packers getting that number one seed i think it would have been sometimes with uh results that mightn't feel that bad if you you know if you're in second place and then you finish with the number two seed but if you're and you know when it's in your hands for the number one seed if they'd have slipped up there i think it would have been psychologically uh quite damaging for the team so looking forward to them having the week off and uh, seeing what happens then when we when we get to the other side of it but uh, playoff time uh, and the, the fantasy football spectrum is is over but um, playoff time in the NFL is, is really here and it's going to be going to be fun this weekend with the six games and wildcard weekend looking forward to that but uh, real fun time of year when you know when it should be the best games of the best teams uh, facing off against each other.
2: That's true and, and I think that we're going to have that with the possible exception of the NFC East entrant at the same time the Washington they've been on a little bit of a tear may give give some teams some trouble but you mentioned that playoff season for the fantasy is over playoffs for reality is just starting up we're looking forward to that uh, my hometown team the Kansas City Chiefs your adopted hometown team the Green Bay Packers have those two one seeds I like their chances to get to the Super Bowl but we actually do have a fantasy football contest that we're very excited for here. That's the FFPC a playoff format. And we're going to talk a little bit today about the players that we want, some tactics we might use, how we might move our rosters around a little bit to try and make sure we're unique enough to take home the victory if things fall exactly the way that we want. And one of the first things that I'm looking at here Colin, is the potential for the Chiefs to not make the Super Bowl and what we might want to do if they don't. Do you have any upset picks that you like? Do you have some Super Bowl dark horse candidates that we might want to look at when we're putting our roster together here? One of the things that happens when we do the FFPC playoff challenge is that the Super Bowl is doubled and so The first thing that we know there is that you want to have a quarterback in the Super Bowl uh, if you can, unless you like one of these other guys like an Alvin Kamara to put up a monster total. The other thing we might be looking at here is, are there some things we want to do to take advantage of that extra game that all of the teams will have other than the Chiefs and the Packers? Now, the Chiefs and the Packers are one game closer to the Super Bowl. I like their chances to be in that game that's doubled, but if we like the Bills or maybe – the Ravens, a team like the Seahawks or the Saints, to make it there instead, you know, would that change our decision making? How do you like the playoffs going down in reality, and is that going to affect how you put your roster together?
1: It's always interesting, Sean, trying to kind of plot out, you know, where you think teams are going to, you know, face off in, in the season and how it's going to kind of play out. Really, what you're hoping to do is to have a, a high volume of like, you know, strong candidates that are going to face off in those. Uh, kind of nfc and afc title games and then obviously at that point you're you're guaranteed to get those into the you know at least half of each of those matchups into the super bowl the the goal is to try and have uh a player from each side in the super bowl you know when it gets to that point i think so um trying to kind of reverse engineer it from there uh, is the way i would look at it now in terms of where i think the favorites are going to be i think like the chiefs are clearly the favorite in the the AFC but I think the the Bills are are really <laughs> coming in hot you know as as they get ready for the playoffs you know very strong in defense very strong in offense and uh, it's going to be I think that's going to be a pretty interesting matchup if they face off I think the Ravens as well are are starting to round into shape I just think the Titans and the Steelers there's a, a, a few too many maybe flaws in both those teams to to be to be really confident in those and the the other teams that uh, I think the Browns and the Colts I just don't think there's enough there for them to put it all together for enough consistent games to make it true to the Super Bowl. I kind of feel similarly about the Bears and the Rams uh, when it it comes from the NFC. I think there's just too many flaws in both those teams, and I think we're going to see that as well uh, with Washington. The Seahawks are a team that I never like to uh, kind of write off Russell Wilson, but uh, I don't think that they're able to, to put it all together either, just on, on how those games have, have, have ended up. We're seeing the Buccaneers, the Packers, and the Saints start to put up a lot of points in their games, and I don't know. I, I know we've seen it early in the season, the Seahawks were keeping pace, but this offense is really uh, tamed down from what we were seeing in those opening weeks of the season. So if we're looking for dark horses, I think you're looking at the Ravens and the Bills and I think the, the Buccaneers as well. I, I just have a, I have a real feeling about the Buccaneers with how they've come on in the last couple of weeks. We'll see what happens with Mike Evans. But um I, I think that um you know trying to sprinkle throughout those teams to try and have uh you know I, I think if we're looking at quarterback, I think you're looking probably trying to get uh Mahomes or uh Mahomes or Allen from the, the AFC and I think then you're probably looking if you were looking towards the nfc you're probably looking at the the packers um from that perspective but i, I do think the the quarterback's probably coming from the bills or the chiefs that would be, be my perspective i think that mahomes is going to be the the more owned uh of those two i think in lineups and i think that's where uh i would probably lean towards josh allen and um, will you be leaning towards him at the quarterback or would there be somebody else that would be be interested in to you uh, i would be kind of leaning towards the lesser owned of the of those kind of quarterbacks I think are gonna be in the AFC championship game and I think that there for me would be would be Allen.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the direction that people do decide to go on that because I think having the lower on QB would be the way, but we may see a lot of people pivot to Josh Allen for these reasons we've discussed where you get that one extra game. And if the Bills do make the Super Bowl, then you're positioned very, very well with him there. We saw with him finishing hot that he finished just fractions below Patrick Mahomes in terms of FFP score, FFPC scoring. And that quarterback position, as the highest scoring position you know you'd like to have that guy who's going to be leading the way there at the end now it's not impossible for someone like a Diggs, a Kamara, those types of players to outscore the qb and so you're not dead by any stretch if you don't have the qb in the finals we watched Diggs outscore allen the very final week of the season there to uh, help some of his owners actually stay ahead of josh allen in some of these big regular season formats however Allen there with the Bills. You have the other two quarterbacks who are maybe the most interesting. Uh, having that buy, getting that one game taken out. The quarterback that I think is kind of interesting with the way that things have gone over the last two or three weeks, you have Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens looking better. I like them to upset the Titans if it's even going to really be looked at as an upset in that first round game there if the Ravens get on a little bit of a run then we know that he has the upside and that would give you even a little bit more of a unique lineup and you wouldn't have to worry about working away from some of these other top picks at the other positions now one of the things that's interesting this season is that because of the expanded playoff format the size of your roster goes from 10 players to 12 players so with those extra two picks, I think that maybe there's even less of an emphasis on being unique and more of an emphasis on making sure we have some of these top players covered, assuming that everybody else is going to be also trying to move away from all of the lock types of guys. And then that gives us a little bit of a chance to just play the more most straightforward lineup. The first thing that we have to do is just eliminate a couple of teams you mentioned who you didn't like there. I think the Rams and the Bears have a very difficult route to get out of the first round. So there's teams that you could fade entirely. Washington, another possibility there. I think that the Bears for me would be out. I think that when you look at then who we might play at defense, so we have to have kicker and defensive picks as well. I think that the choice there comes down to Washington and the Rams both of those teams have good defenses they could score some defensive points for you if they pulled the upset in that round you wouldn't be in a situation where it was disastrous to own them so I I like the fact that I think they're going to be knocked out early but could score some defensive points again that's going to be a fairly chalky type of pick but one that I would be comfortable with there the other thing then is that you mentioned the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes the uh clear qb star but one of the things that we can do if we want to move off of him for the chiefs since we can only have one player per team that opens us up to play travis kelsey who is just coming off of this monster season at tight end another situation where if you had kelsey in the super bowl that double point game you wouldn't necessarily be looking at that as a disadvantage
1: yeah no i agree the 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 part where i was mentioning about josh allen earlier where it gets interesting is is you're kind of looking in a situation where you're taking allen or Diggs, and then if you're looking at the chiefs you have more options because you have you know tyree kill kelsey and and uh mahomes so i think if we're looking at tight end you're probably looking at him or andrews as the strong plays you know if you wanted to, to shake things up you know you could go for a tonyan um you know you could even go for logan thomas you know something like that or a Jared cook but I think a tight end you're looking at uh, likely Andrews or Kelsey unless you want to shake things up a lot and I think with the options available at wide receiver I think I'd be going for Kelsey at that point um I think when we talk about the the running backs I think I would be interested in going for Dobbins um, from the Ravens so I think that then rules out Andrews so I'd be looking then at the tight end position and going and getting Kelsey I, I agree strongly with what you said about the defenses I think um the the two defenses you mentioned in the washington and the rams i think they're the two that, that could be interesting plays there uh i know that washington are unlikely to to beat the buccaneers but you know that that defensive front could could put a lot of pressure on tom brady and that's the kind of one time when he he tends to struggle we've seen it over the years with the the new york giants uh pass rushes in the super bowl and and things like that so we'll see what happens there but i, I think going with the uh, washington Um, as the the team then with the uh, defense i think you you've marked up here as a probable for the colts with the kicker i think blankenship is probably the way to go there as well and i think um the, the only problem i think with some of those is i think that they it might be very very uh similar across other lineups and that's why i was mentioning about the possibility of of shaking things up but again you know there's there's so many entries and the, the key here is to to be in it in the super bowl with two players and then have a, a shot at one so i think there will be a lot of similar uh steps and then even you know there's going to be a couple of surprises here along the way for the the results off the games which is going to lead to a couple of surprises of how the final scenarios play out so uh, i i think it'll be those would be the the interesting ways to go uh, when it comes to the, the wide receiver position I, I think I would have to be locking in Devontae Adams just on you know how consistent he's been all season long um and, and how he's playing but uh, what what's your what's your alternative thoughts um outside of that if we if we go for somebody like Josh Allen that rules out uh, our guy Stefan Diggs
2: exactly and I think that if you have Adams in there it's again a situation where if the Packers do make the Super Bowl then you have a player who could outscore quarterbacks uh, in that Particular role. I think the interesting choices come down to some teams with Tampa Bay, Seattle, maybe what you do with the Titans. Is it something where you want to predict that first round loss for Tennessee and not burn one of your running back slash flex positions on Derrick Henry? That would make your team a little bit uh, more unusual. But I, th- I think that the Seahawks this choice of Chris Carson versus DK Metcalf is an interesting one i think that metcalf could be poised to blow back up in the playoffs and perhaps will be a little bit underowned because he's been on such a cold streak and then the buccaneers become a team that's really really interesting with this mike evans injury we can expect that going with one of their trio of wide receivers is the play although oh. <laughs> podcast favorite ronald jones performed well again in week 17 and may in fact, look pretty good in the playoffs there, even with that uh, finger injury that he has. Our choices with the Buccaneers. We have Mike Evans who suffered the injury. That would be a really risky selection. But if he is healthy as they've tried to project it, and again, we're recording this on Monday, but we'll come out on Thursday. There may be a, a much stronger sense of whether or not he's going to play and just how close to 100% he will be at that point. Uh, if he is going to play, that would be a super gutsy direction to go. I think it probably moves us off of him and to Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown. This is an interesting one because a lot of people have been excited about what Antonio Brown would be able to do in this offense if he got a full-time role. Now, his snap share was way scaled back compared to the two starters we saw that play out in week 16 where evans and godwin put up these just ungodly numbers and then brown was sort of bailed out his owners with that touchdown but he wasn't the guy he was looked to and then when evans goes out he has the huge number of targets 14 targets in week 17 two touchdowns godwin also does the same thing I think there are a lot of people who play Antonio Brown with the idea that he's a sneaky pick, maybe to the point where... It really is the exact opposite. Chris Godwin, someone who has struggled through a bunch of different injuries this season. He's been boxed out a little bit for the role that he was so dynamic in in 2019. He's been targeted closer to the line of scrimmage. Hasn't authored quite as many of those big splash plays. And yet week 16, week 17, he's on a little bit of a hot stretch. He seems like he's getting it going with Tom Brady. We know he's a big talent if he's anywhere close to 100%. I think he could be the sneaky play there with the Bucks and ownership when that comes out will be very interesting on this team.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, with the Evans injury, even if he is, you know, even if he's good to go, um, I'm going to be leaning towards Godwin there. I just think that um, for me, it's almost a 1A and 1B, and you can pick whichever one you want, but based on the the injury, you know, so close to the playoffs, um, and how quickly they, they took him out of the game, uh, didn't look, didn't look to be um just precautionary it looked to be that it could be a little bit more severe so we'll see what happens as you mentioned uh recording this on monday but uh, i i would be going godwin there so when we look at it sean then we've kind of had run through some of the positions in our favorite players but when we look through it then we are having the option of having in those uh, flex spots as well to, to fill those in so we have one quarterback two running backs two wide receivers one tight end four flexes and then the kicker and the defense as you mentioned um so I would for me in the the original like if I was in my lineup uh, it would be Josh Allen I'd be leaning then with uh, Alvin Kamara uh, and J.K. Dobbins for the the two running backs and then I would be going Devontae Adams um, and as you mentioned there Chris Godwin as my two starting wide receivers and would right our tight end as uh, Travis Kelsey that would give us four flex options to, to go between uh, running backs and wide receivers have you any Players that you would uh, want to step forward there with. Uh, I know, obviously, the Titans have a few different options, both at uh, wide receiver uh, and obviously at running back with Derrick Henry and his two thousand yards uh, this season with the Cleveland Browns. We haven't picked anyone, so you obviously have an option like a, a Nick Chubb potentially there, or maybe a Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, it's it's going to be one of those to try and filter through. We have. The debate, as you mentioned, between Metcalf and Carson, and uh, how we go there with the the Seahawks. So, what have you any kind of strong preferences for those four flex spots?
2: I think I like a a four running back, four wide receiver balance here. One of the things that we have discussed in terms of what history tells us for big scores down the stretch is that running back and wide receiver are a little bit more balanced than people realize. We saw that this year in week fourteen to sixteen. And with the big potential performances from the wide receivers from this group, I don't think that we necessarily want to go away from them. At the same time, you look at a team like the Cleveland Browns and you have that option to play Nick Chubb here. One other thing with the expanded format is that, you know, we do have this option to play a couple more running backs or a couple more wide receivers. And some of those guys are going to come off of teams that will lose in the first round right so even if you lose in the first round you're looking at well what could the really big numbers come through with now with cleveland you have this issue of them running against this elite steelers defense so that's another team where you could potentially maneuver off of them completely if you expect them to lose in the first round and you think that one of these other teams maybe has a dark horse candidate to have a better matchup right so that's something to look at there i think with the steelers even if you look at them as being a potential upset candidate where they would go down to that Cleveland Browns unit, then Deontay Johnson starting to overcome the fumble issues a little bit. That offense really got it going again in the comeback against the Colts in week 16, which had huge playoff ramifications at the time. The volume that he's getting there makes him an interesting play off of that Steelers team.
1: Yeah, the other thing that could be a little bit interesting is, and you didn't mention it there, but like, you know, if you went, uh, I mentioned J.K. Dobbins earlier, but if you went a different way at uh, running back, that could lead you to possibly adding Mark Andrews in as a flex option when it's going to be the one point five points for. Tight end scoring uh, for receptions, and then the other team that you know, if we're looking at, they mightn't get that far, but might have a a big role in how far they do get this this coming week, and that could be a Logan Thomas. You know, for the same perspective, you know, we talked about the defense, but maybe we go for the Rams defense and add in Logan Thomas. You know, if we're looking to try and use up some players. From, from Washington. So is there any thoughts on in, in going for a secondary tight end or are you, you pretty, pretty locked in on the, the four wide receivers, four running backs?
2: I think I like the wide receivers and the running backs here in terms of what the teams have to offer. My hope would be that Dobbins is going to be a little bit lower owned than he would be if he had the volume, right? I think that you're kind of betting on or gambling on this idea in terms of ownership and then what he could do over this playoff stretch if the Ravens get hot and they really move to him we've seen this trend throughout the last month he seemed positioned to have a good fourth quarter in week 16 and then left with that minor injury he obviously had the Massive 72 yard touchdown run late in week 17. He looks like the guy there, so I would like to go with him. I think that one of the questions comes down to then, with you know, are we sure that we want to have the Colts spot used on a kicker? Is it a situation where, again, we're going to get those points from the first round? Even if they lose to the Bills and we have the Bills as our Super Bowl team, you know, do we want to pick Jonathan Taylor there and maybe move off of Nick Chubb for that Browns team again if we're expecting them to lose in that first round of the playoffs? Those are some of the interesting choices where, again, we're going to have some of these guys With all those flex spots, we can use them, and we know that some of the teams are going to lose, but the points you get in that loss could be the points that dictate whether or not you win the whole thing as you come down to the end, and obviously there are just a few players remaining in the Super Bowl. So those are some of the the fun choices that we're facing there. We're going to have some great content on the site. Curtis Patrick's going to write a strategy article for the FFPC playoff contest this week. Make sure to check that out. And, column after the break, we're going to talk about a few... NFL fantasy football resolutions for the new year.
1: Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast, and just don't know where to start hustle is the perfect place for you as part of the program you'll receive cover art Q&A's with blue wires top podcasters access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll get your show pushed out to Apple Spotify Google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com join check out the description box in this episode to find out more but that's bwhustle.com join i'm dave Cabin, host of the Roto-Viz fantasy football
0: podcast i wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting rotoviz radio We love producing these shows, and we hope that you love listening to them. As a thank you, Royal Podcast listeners can get 10% off of a one-year Rotovis subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRadio at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, Do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get
1: into the show. So Sean, we looked for some listener suggestions for, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions based on what they learned in in 2020 heading into 2021 and what they should implement in um, to try and you know make their year more successful. Uh, we had a couple in to make sure the, the suggestion was to make sure that they don't miss any episodes uh, off the podcast. Uh, you know sometimes during the season I know it can be hard to to get to two episodes a week of Rotovis Overtime but we had a, a couple of nice suggestions coming in uh, with that there. Um, a couple though Sean that uh, I'm gonna go with here. Um, one of the things we talked about on last week's show I think might have been last week's or the week before and I think this might a uh give give this listener the idea but it was to draft uh, more m- more mobile quarterbacks a little bit earlier and redraft and i know we talked about it how we think things might shake out with those kind of maybe four through seven in terms of the adp four quarterbacks uh, next season and where they go and i think maybe taking your shot on those guys a little bit earlier who give you that rushing uh, floor but also give you like you know the the upside off that including passing touchdowns and passing yards so i think that's something that uh, is is going to be interesting to see where quarterbacks fall because i know we can talk about these things regularly but it's always interesting to see then when kind of consensus adp leaves these guys to see if we can get those values like you know like stefan diggs last year a lot of people probably thought that he was uh, you know been overdrafted you know where he went and then obviously it's clear now that he was underdrafted we might have our quarterbacks that so we're looking in that range when it comes to uh, 2021 but I'll, I'll let you have uh i'll let you go with one of yours sean force but i guess the, the first question i have and i'm sure the listeners will have is like when we're talking about our strategies is there any strategies like we're always evolving um some people be kind of set their ways and strategies will always remain the same but was there any takeaways from 2020 that that you found interesting um that you'll be implementing into this year's kind of draft strategy and draft thoughts
2: 2020 went so perfectly and obviously when something goes that well you're thankful for the luck that came with it went so well that I think that the main thing that I want to do is make sure that we communicate the ideas to readers, to listeners, you know, why they work, what they are, why they work and why even though they worked in 2020, it's not necessarily chasing the results from 2020 as is so often the case in terms of how people react to the previous year, because what happened in 2020 was really sort of the perfect template for what happens big picture across the board For most seasons right and even though you're going to have some seasons that don't play out exactly that way that the big picture for 2020 it's almost a microcosm of what we're really looking for in terms of the pure draft strategy now within that there are always things that we want to take and tweak or improve upon or perfect right and one of the things that i think that we saw this season that can be tricky but yet very, very important in terms of how we structure our drafts is that we're wanting to draft for both the beginning and the end of the year, right? And what I mean by that is that we want to draft teams that we think will be powerhouse teams for the fantasy playoffs. And that means being willing to draft players who may not be in the perfect position as things start. It means drafting young players. And one of the things that I always say is that my redraft teams are fairly unusual because they look younger than most rebuilding dynasty teams one of the things that we saw a lot in 2020 was that young players especially rookies had a big impact that was a little bit of a surprise when you consider how impacted and how ruined the offseason was in so many different ways how limited rookies were in terms of their ability to get out there on the practice field and really go through reps on the Uh, concepts that they were working on in these different Zoom meetings and that kind of thing. Even with that being the case, rookies really flourished. We had these huge performances from wide receivers. We had running backs getting hot late. And I think that's going to be more and more the trend. We wrote about in 2019 already the new and greater impact of rookie wide receivers. And I think that as the NFL and college are implementing a lot of – schematic elements from each other that we're seeing a lot of these rookie receivers especially from some of the powerhouse teams who are using professional concepts mixed in with the college concepts that you have these guys who are ready to come in and play and then you need to get lucky right the receiver needs to stay healthy the quarterback needs to stay healthy there needs to be a role there but even some of the guys like a t higgins who lost his quarterback down the stretch you know had some good performances there so We want to have rookies. We want to be sure that we're careful about the price for those guys so that we're not paying a lot for for players who will not be able to really perform early and destroying our beginning of the season roster. But that with a lot of these picks that are less valuable, that we're using them on some of these young guys who could still come through. You know, we have Justin Jefferson, record-setting rookie season, very, very inexpensive You have someone like a Brandon Ayuk, who was inexpensive in part because he was injured a little bit at the beginning. You have LaVisca Chenault, who didn't actually pan out, but was somebody else who was inexpensive and could have, right? We don't want to just look back and say, okay, well, this guy actually did succeed. He was a good draft pick. This guy didn't, so he wasn't. But players who have this type of profile that we want to target who are in that price range, we want to make sure we do have some of them in our portfolios. The other part of that is just to make sure that as you're getting ready, you're starting the season, you have enough guys in the starting lineup who can go right away, who have good early season matchups, who can get you off to a fast start. One of the things that we've seen with the FFPC format is that it's really a sprint and you want to make sure that you're ready for that sprint and that you put your team in position to get that top four finish so you can take advantage of how good your team is in week 12, week 13, and then in that race for the big money if you're in a regular redraft format that you put yourself in position to really use those guys who are going to dominate weeks 14 15 and 16 by not taking too much risk or targeting the wrong matchups at the beginning of the year
1: yeah i think that's very interesting something i'm interested to see what happens now uh, in 2021 is if there's uh maybe like this year uh, the, the, i said i said a lot in the podcast that i thought that maybe having no training camp might affect some of these players and i think it did uh, particularly for the running backs but i think when it, when you look at the wide receivers i think like you mentioned the concepts for some of these offenses are very similar and when you have some of the younger quarterbacks who are not long out of college themselves uh bringing some of those concepts into the nfl to help them succeed i think that also is helping the wide receivers succeed and i'm interested to see if there's maybe Uh, an overreaction or a a reaction I guess we'll call it to move some of those younger rookies uh, or the rookies in general up draft boards when it comes to ADP Uh, so I'm interested to see if that happens but I think this year if I look back I wish I had drafted more heavily at the particularly at the wide receiver position from those rookies I think that would have really um, front-loaded some of those uh, rosters even a little bit more when some the wide receivers that did get injured on those rosters like a Cortland Sutton for example it would give you a lot more um, you know success there when it comes to that but it's hard it's hard to be looking at drafting some of those rookie wide receivers if you have six or seven wide receivers already taken above that but I think that ties in a little bit Sean to my my second one and that was to continue to aim for upside from round 10 onwards I think a lot of times we look at like players might say when they're drafting you know all oh, this player is a safe play you know I, you know he'll get me 10 points every week he probably is never going to get me 25 or 30 points but he'll continue to get me 10 points every week and some people think that having those guys on the roster gives them a little bit of comfort but i think if we take those shots and guys who may have that higher upside uh, but may also have a much lower downside and take those uh, opportunities to try and gain real value because i think what we see uh, year on year is that after a couple of weeks the guys who are only getting you you know seven to ten points a week they they, they're probably going to end up getting moved out for somebody on the waiver wire and likewise if those guys that you take your shot on end up getting zero points a week they're probably going to end up on the waiver wire as well so i think having those guys like they were the reins there where you could have been going for a, a justin jefferson a T higgins um you know and trying to get that high upside like a chase claypool even you know and those uh rounds 15 uh range and onwards you know to really push yourself um over the edge with those rookies so i think it ties in together but I, I do think we see it year on year where taking those safe picks and you know it might feel good on on draft day but you know come two or three weeks into the season you're you're regretting those picks so uh i, I think that I, i'm sent from around 10 onwards sean do you think that's a fair point to be taking your shots from or do you think that we should be waiting till a little bit later in drafts to to be looking for those real high upside picks
2: no, I think that's about the right range. One of the things that I do each year is go through and look at all of my drafts and, and try and be honest with myself about, you know, which picks were good picks, which picks were bad picks, and just where did the picks really start to fall off to where they don't really have that much value. Most of the guys get replaced by free agent pickups. And what does that mean for our strategy? And one of the things that you mentioned is that as we get later in the draft, we want to actually target players that we have less certainty about, that we have a wider range of outcomes for, because those wider range of outcomes include some outcomes that would actually be positive for the team. Whereas, as you mentioned, the outcomes that are more closely bunched and that maybe have a little bit of a higher floor, but don't have that weekly starting upside those picks aren't going to help us out as much and so we want to be careful about how we deploy that there's always the thing of you know there's not a ton of value to taking crazy risks which is one of the reasons why understanding the players the depth players is so important it's one of the reasons why the dynasty command center rookie guide that is Available now for pre-order can be so valuable to you because you learn a lot about these guys and which rookies really do have the ability to come in and make a contribution in that first season rookies are just really the key to fantasy football in so many ways you have to put in a lot of time and effort to make sure you understand which guys have the profile have the athleticism have the collegiate production to back that up because you have to draft guys who were dominant in college if you want to have a player who's going to be able to give you that at the nfl level one thing i would say just to kind of finish here two column for a second one for me i continue to want to have safety and upside at tight end we see those early tight ends contribute to some crazy win rates and they allow you to have an extra player almost in your starting lineup one of the things that we see fairly consistently is that okay well running backs are getting injured at a really high rate and even a lot of the guys who don't have that high of a ceiling who don't necessarily help you who are going to be replaced in your lineup anyway right by the rookie who emerges or the zero running back guy who comes out of nowhere these guys who are going to be replaced in your lineup anyway we want to use those picks at a position where it's much much harder to fill and to get both that safety and the upside now we want to be aware every season where that exists one of the things that i did this year is that with Noah Fant, with TJ Hawkinson being drafted so early the previous season, having so much athleticism, so much upside, being such a focal point of their offenses, that even though they were a little bit less expensive and even though they hadn't established themselves as clear NFL players coming into 2020, we knew the volume and the talent was likely to be there. So there's a little bit of a risk to that pick. At the same time, there's a lot of safety to it to go with the upside. 2021 doesn't necessarily feature that. Now there are going to be some tight ends who emerge like Ataydean, but in order to be comfortable and confident that those guys are going to actually come through, you know, who do we really have as a young player who could fill that role? Well, uh, we don't have one. Hopefully, Cole Komet and the Bears can take the next step, but to trust him as someone at least as this point, until we see a lot of changes there in Chicago, which on the run that they're that they're on, if they do well in the playoffs, so we may see a very similar team next season. That could be good. That could be bad. But at the tight end position, I want to make sure that we have that firepower to really have an extra position than everybody else in our league.
1: I think that's a a good point. Something that uh, I'm going to add in here, Sean, and that's uh, I think people should make sure when they're playing fantasy football that they're having fun because you know that's that's what what well that's what i play it for but something that i did a, a couple of years ago um was now it's quite a while ago now but um i used to like regularly look at the scores during the day as the the games went on and something i set up was pretty much uh, was a, a new year's <laughs> resolution for fantasy football and that was to to not look at the scores as they happen um i i only look at like scores after thursday night football for example when it's over or after um you know the second slate of games on a sunday unless it's maybe championship week and and then after that on to, to monday night for example so i take it used to take the good out of it you could have a player who's got three touchdowns but the other person might have derrick henry who's you know has 500 yards and four touchdowns whatever sort of crazy games he can put up on the ground but um it used to kind of take away from the enjoyment so i, I like to to watch the games enjoy the games know what players i can kind of have and and then after that, see how things shake out. So that really helped me enjoy uh, watching games on Sundays and, and seeing how things shook out a lot, lot more. I think something that uh, over the last couple of years I've, I've started to do, and this year, obviously, we did it for the show, um, is co manage teams. I think that can be a lot of fun and it can be really good for uh, communication on like opening some potential new strategies for yourself new thought processes um how you might set some of those lineups so i would recommend to them, the listeners that haven't co-managed the team before to, to try and get that on their, their bucket list for 2021 of course draft the guys that you like draft your guys and focus on the positives i think that's part of the 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 thing i was kind of mentioning is don't look at the the other team you're playing against on that weekly basis um because if you're focusing on that you're likely focusing on the negatives of how your team's doing so enjoy it and then and then follow along from then and of course mine's is always going to be to continue to use those rotoviz tools um that's going to to help you have that success on on the show earlier this week we mentioned obviously about the uh, the great tools from Mike Beers for your roster construction in terms of baseball and how to set yourself up for success. So many different tools up on the website. Uh, one of my favorite ones is the one the Flex tool, and you know just get you set up for success. And of course, uh, you can do that and, and get access to all those tools by uh, getting yourself a one year his pass. Uh, you can do that by adding the code twenty twenty RV Radio at checkout. That their code will also save you ten percent off that subscription and and set you up full access to all of the content and tools on the site uh you can find out more information as well on that by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information uh, this has been a, a lot of fun doing this show obviously talking a little bit about the the ffpc playoff challenge which you you can enter over at my uh, and then talking through some of the changes and, and things that we might look to uh to implement in 2021, I think a lot of it. Like you probably, if you're a long-term listener to the show, uh, you've probably see that there's a lot of similarities in what we're trying to to do in 2021 compared to 2020. We're just looking to enhance that in certain areas, which uh, should make it a lot of fun, and you can follow. Uh, see if we keep up our end of the bargain with those uh, resolutions as the the year goes along here in 2021 but of course thanks as always for listening into the show drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app we'll be back next week with another two shows and we'll be talking a little bit about the playoffs and uh, now starting to look ahead obviously the off-season content we're already planning for some draft podcasts and how things are going to go around that time of the year so lots of good stuff to talk about uh, as we move into 2020 my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at Overtime ireland my co-host as always is sean siegel check out his great work up on rotaviz.com when we're looking for next week's uh, show we'll try and get back on the the thursday show too our kind of suggestions recommendations for books and, and films and things like things like this so uh, send in your suggestions as well to Overtime ireland on twitter or to roadivizradio at gmail.com we'll use some of the best on next week's show and until we're back on tuesday with another podcast have a good one